Appreciate uh, being here today, and I'm I'm not here to just throw out some kind of a sermon. I put some uh, some uh, time into some of these things. Some of them I've been in these things for 40 years, and what my hope is today, anyway, my hope today is that you get it, okay? Because there's going to be some stuff here, and you say, well, I know that, and I know that, but I have a question before I start. How many people in here have things in your life that just don't seem to move? Now be honest about it. Things that just are there that you want out of your life. Is that right? Well, I hope today when we're done that you've got an idea how to get them out of there. Because I want to tell you something right now. If there's things that are there that you don't like in there, God doesn't want them in there either. Didn't we see up here who the sun sets free is free indeed? So, praise the Lord. We'll bring some word in. I want to quickly read the Scripture. And if you take notes, that's awesome. I always do. But anyway, this is just an introduction, and it's a story that should have an impact on everyone that hears it, either now or the last time you heard it or whenever. But anyway, it's in Matthew chapter 8, and it's talking about Jesus being on the road here, but in starting in verse 5, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. That means he was sicker than a dog, right? Is that what it meant? Bad shape. Real bad shape. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and he will be healed. For I am like a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes. And, and so on, do this, and he does it. And Jesus heard this. I want you to really think about what Jesus is saying here. He said, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith in, even in all of Israel. What's the message? The message is, speak the word only, and he will be healed. And down below here it says he was healed in that that same hour. You need to really get this. That is faith. Speaking the word, speaking this God's word is faith. Amen? Did I say that loud enough? Speaking God's word, Jesus said he had not seen... Now, I thought about this. John the Baptist had been there. He had all this stuff going on. A lot of people. He said, I've not seen any any greater faith. This is faith. Amen? Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that one right there. Because I'm going to bring in the Scripture you've heard a lot of times. You'll hear it one more time today because I want you to get it. And if I want you to get it, it's because in the last several hours since I knew I'd be up here, and I knew I'd be up here even before that, (laughs) today, uh, I I just knew that this is going to drive something home and change someone's life here today. I just know it. So if I know it, you need to know it. God knows it. And that means that God is going to reach into your life. He's going to open up your eyes to something you haven't really seen. Now I want to tell you a little story. Uh, if you've heard uh, Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Mark 11:23, about a thousand times, uh, I want to tell you a story about this scripture. 
And it says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Now, Dr. Hagen, who uh, they think he created this scripture, but he didn't. Uh, he was 17 years old. He was paralyzed. He was in his grandmother's house. He was dying. He had not only had paralysis, he had a heart problem. He had everything going that you wouldn't want to go. He had, he, there was nothing, I mean, his body was done. Worse than I've ever been. Maybe worse than you've ever been. And all he had was grandma's Bible, he said, his grandma's Methodist Bible. And, and he just didn't want to die. And so he'd read this scripture, he didn't have anybody to teach him anything about faith, nothing at all, nothing at all about faith. Now listen to me, don't, don't wander off somewhere because you need to get this. You need to get this. So this scripture caught his attention. And he got to looking at that scripture. Day after day after day after day. Now you have to think about being totally paralyzed, laying there 17 years old. He was there for over a year, year and a half in that position. And you know, they, they, he'd ask to see, speak to a minister. Nobody'd come. And, and by his own story, one day, finally this one preacher said, Yeah, I'll go see Kenneth. The preacher walks in like this, said, Oh, Kenneth. Good boy, something like that. Walked out, went into the other room, started talking about his, his grandmother about how they're going to bury him. That's the kind of preacher that came to see him. Now, how would you, would you feel lifted up about that point? You'd get to thinking nobody cared, wouldn't you? Right? But see, he got to looking at this scripture, and he looked at it, and looked at it, and looked at it, and looked at it. Whoever shall say to this mountain, whomsoever, the King James, shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believeth those things he said will come to pass. Amen. Kept looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And one of the things I gleaned from him even recently after all these years, I'm in these kind of basic things all the time. And he said, it's like he was speaking to me, he said, just because you know these scriptures, he said, look at them. Get them in your eyes. Look at them. Just look at them. Now we know we need to confess them, say them out loud, you know, whoever. But, but he said, look at them. And that's a discipline that's really helped me because, you know, my daily stuff, uh, primary thing I do, sure, I know I pray for the world and pray for Jerusalem, pray for you. But one of the things that happens, I'm looking at the Word. I'm looking at these scriptures. I want them in my heart. Because it says if you believe it in your heart, what happens? Say it with your mouth. What happens? It starts to grow up in you. And when you get a handle on this thing, I got a handle on this authority business a long time ago. I honestly did. It's something about just, I think the Lord wanted me to be impressed with this. But it was like, I got a hold of this authority. And I understood that there's something in my life that shouldn't be there. I need to speak to it. Right? I didn't need... Uh, you know, I want people to pray for me, obviously. <laughs> obviously, I want everybody's... You know, but at the same time, uh, the, the point was, if something's in your life, it doesn't need to be there. And I don't want to put a guilt trip on anyone, but it could be because you let, let it be there. 
Now, how do you use this from a practical standpoint? Well, for me, it's it's raising a family. It's things that that happen. Uh, I can tell you in my marriage. There's times that I got I learned early on that I had a responsibility as sort of like a covering for my family. I'm dad, right? Right. And a hu- husband. And I understand all the stuff. This isn't a sermon about even being deceived. I mean, I could we could go there, but that's not all about that. I've seen times when Sandy and you know Sandy, and if I mean, there's times that she's been under attack. And it's really bad when she's mad at me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's when you really need help, right? <laughs> All you men say amen. <laughs> Women say, yeah, oh, me. <laughs> when I saw that happening, instead of saying, oh, you know, try to get in a fight over it, many times, many times, go outside if I need to, go in another room, and I, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you release my wife right now. In Jesus' name, you go from my household and from my marriage right now. Walk in, my wife's smiling. Now, if you are a husband, you know your wives don't always recover real quick. Because that's part of being a great woman. They don't get over things quick as us guys do. You know, us guys just kind of blow it off and go on. And, yeah, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong? Well, you, you don't know what's wrong. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's just a nugget. But with your kids, you see kids, your children out there, something isn't right. Well, why leave it there? With all this authority, why do we leave it there? See, we have to get our gumption up. We have to understand what Jesus is trying to do for us. Well, so, well, He's not here to speak to it. Well, He doesn't need to be here because He told us to do the same things that He did. You know, I love the Gospel because He walked in and showed us how to do it and then He gave Paul how to teach us how to do it. He showed us, He demonstrated, and then Paul comes along and teaches us all about it. What did the the disciples do when they got out there on their own and they run into the paralytic? What did they do? They said, oh God, come down and heal this man. You're not here. No. He said, rise up and walk. Did they not? Huh? Am I um, communicating with anyone here today? (laughs) Huh? No, this is life changing. Really, understand this. It's life changing. Now, I'll shift a little bit of a gear here. But, uh, you know, uh, there's two scriptures there. And you notice I only quoted the one, didn't I? Because I quoted, For assuredly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed, cast into the sea, and shall not dart, but believe. But what's the next verse? Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Now, there's a great big word in there for both of them. But I'm going to make a point here that you may not have thought of or may you have. Both of them require you to believe. And I've seen people pray and go through all the exercises, but you didn't stop and think, I need to believe this is going to work. That's right. Right? Isn't that strange that we don't think of that? But that believing is a big deal. You can go out, you know, if if I always think about a muddy old rabid dog maybe came in your kitchen if you're, and you know there's two things I know you wouldn't do number one you wouldn't pray and ask God to remove that dog I just know you wouldn't would you but the other thing is when you grab your broom or whatever's handy and run him out you'd believe he's gone right he's going 
you got to look at the enemies. You, you, you have to look at the hindrances and the things in your life the same way. They're here to mess you up and stop you. And you go home this afternoon and keep track of this and clean some house. I just know you can. Just got to believe it. I mean, I could give you a lot of testimonies, uh, but uh, I want to make a point about what I just said about the two different scriptures. Get this straight, because you always, if you hear them quoted, they're quoted together. Well, they should. Jesus quoted them together. But make a note of this. The first thing in 23 is about your authority. What you do. What you say. What you want moved. The second one is about your request to the Father. And He says, Hereafter you ask me nothing. Ask the Father in my name and He'll give it to you. Right? He wants you to have this, but it's, it's a request. It's two different things. How many has ever heard that before? But see, that untangles it a little bit. I mean, it's two issues, not the same thing. It's like you have authority, and you need to take it and believe that it's working, what you're doing, be throwing something out of your life, believe it's gone. But then there's the other side of the coin where you're asking God for things. Well, I, you know, I could spend a couple weeks on, on that issue, but it, seemed, it kind of helped me when I saw that and separated them. They're two different things. Amen? Amen? How many like that? I Did that untangle something for you? Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's clear. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I thought about, you know, you all know the story of David and Goliath, uh, the, the giant, of course, and David killed Goliath with a, with a stone and sling. And I was looking at that one day. I said, you know, the Word of God is our stone, and the voice is our sling. We don't have to have God come down and deal with our giants. He gave us authority over them. But it's our voice. It's our voice. It's our strength. It's the power of God. And to tell you what else, when you're doing something, when you're, what, what is hard for us mentally to figure it out, and that's why we have to get our heart in gear, is because it's hard to realize the, the anointing that goes behind this. The anointing follows the word. He said, "Well, I, I don't know if I pray very good. That's not that's not that's nothing for you to be thinking about. Right. What you think about when you put out the word, God's going to. He says He guarantees His word to perform it. Watch over His word to perform it. He's saying, I'm behind my word. Right. You say it, I'll get behind it. Amen. 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 This make any sense? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Took me 40 years to get this. No, no. Honestly, uh, it's something that even raising our family and and going all through these things, it's such a tool. Get your hands off my kids. Amen. Get your hands off my wife. Get your hands off my. I've even used this on my horses. You know, I had an old horse not too long ago. It's not an old horse, good horse. Uh, about three or four years ago, I was riding this thing around. Well, I come around to this one corner, and my little ring there and there's a, some kind of barrel you know like that and I said that's nonsense I said I said in the name of Jesus you foul spirit that's messing with my horse just release him right now next time I went by that the horse didn't even look at it what a tool right I thought about tools when I was thinking about this you know so many people have tools you know Jim's a carpenter and I don't know what all I can do and 
and so on. But you know, you go down to the tool store and, and you can find just stuff to do everything. But do you know how to use them? Or do you use them? And you know, in the same way with ladies. I mean, Sandy and I have been around a while. In fact, we've got some friends. They just built a house there. They, they've been very successful with this incredible house. My gosh, it's got everything, every kind of a thing in that kitchen that Sandy could dream of. And, you know, she's got a good kitchen, but she doesn't have that one. And that woman in that house can't cook a thing. No, can't. Can't do it. I mean, they're wonderful. She couldn't cook an egg. But see, the Word of God's the same way. We've got so much here, and if we keep the simplicity of it, and to keep it real down into the anchor and use it, guess what? We can move mountains. You know, another side of this coin, we've got some, uh, got acquainted here a few years ago with a gentleman that, if I named his name, you'd kind of know who I'm talking about. Not that you'd know him, but his daughter is now one of the top gospel singers, popular, really popular. At the time we met him, she was just getting a new agent and just breaking out. But anyway, people are famous like that. You know, well, he's a great guy and his wife's a great woman. But, I mean, the the mother of the singer anyway. But I saw something she wrote here not too long ago. And and she's kind of a lady because her daughter's famous. Everybody's going to listen to every word she says. And she made this statement. She says, we've got some things going, but God hasn't moved the mountain yet. Where in that scripture does it say anything about God moving the mountain? Now I'm serious now. I'm really serious. And I'm not making fun of her, but I was sad that so many people would take that, you know, all these women thinking, well, she knows everything, yeah. Well, if that mountain didn't move, why didn't God move it? See, you know, huh? Amen? See, these are just things, and, and uh, I don't want to drown you with scriptures, but I want you to go to a, a, another witness of that in, in Mark 21, or Matthew 21 21. Just go there. Matthew 21 21. And Jesus said, Here, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, I say to you, have faith and do not doubt, or doubt not. Have faith and doubt not. Have faith and doubt not. You will not only do what was done to this fig tree, and I don't want to go back to the story, you can read the story, but, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Or it shall be done. Amen? If you say to this hindrance in your life, and do not doubt. Now what is doubt? I'll just stop on that a minute. What is doubt? It's a thought that comes in and says, it won't work for me. Yeah, it works for that preacher. Work for Fred Wilson and Judy, you know, work for them. Work for Jim. That's doubt. What is doubt? Enemy. Yeah. What do I do with doubt? I speak to it. I said, doubt, forget you. <laughs> In Jesus' name, right? What is doubt? It's, it's like a, it's like fear that this won't work for you. You know, you charge out of here today and say, well, I, you know, Gary preached really good. I don't know if I did or not, but anyway, I'm going to go home and try it. Then you get out there and you try it and say, well, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? Anybody identify with that? Yes. Sure you can. What if it doesn't work? That's doubt. 
Speak to that doubt as your enemy. That's fear. Spirit of fear. I refuse to fear. Of course this word works because God said it. Isn't that what it said? It's written here. It's written here. It's written here that if I speak to this mountain, it has to go. And then it told me uh, all I have to do is believe and not doubt. Well, then I better not doubt. God's watching, right? (laughs) He's watching me. I don't want to doubt in His presence. (laughs) Well, not trying to be funny either, but then in verse 22... And all things. Everybody say all. all. What's more than all? Huh? What's a bigger word than all? I mean, that's all, right? All things. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So again, we separate those out, but what's, what's the key word? Believe. 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 Believe it. God said it. I believe it. I mean, you know, people say, well, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, what settled it was that He said it. That's settled in heaven, forever settled in heaven. You want to please God, just go in there bold like you like you believe everything that's in there, which you should, and, and it takes time. You know, that's why we, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how you do your daily stuff or weekly or what you get around to it or whatever, you know. I, like I was in a cowboy church one time and I saw all these worn out Bibles show up and so I said, you know, keep that Bible out. You got that thing in the back seat of your pickup. That's why it's so beat up. Why don't you read it sometime? <laughs> but anyway, uh, just, just picking on people. But uh, as far as what you can have authority over, sometimes you may have a question about that. Well, you don't have authority over me. You know, if you're mad at me, tell me up front because you, you, that's how you deal with me or ask God to you know, perk me up a little or something. But what do you have authority over? Well, let me give you a clue. In Genesis, when he formed Adam, and I, uh, you know, this isn't going into another teaching, but he said I get, he gave man authority over every living thing, right? He gave man authority over every living thing. Got it? Every living thing. What's a living thing? Well, for one thing, I heard a great... Uh, teaching one time that that uh, stayed with me forever. There was a couple of years ago around. Their name was Charles and Francis Hunter. Some, how many's ever heard of Charles and Francis Hunter? Well, I got to sit under them uh, more than once. But I saw Charles one time. He was up on stage with some guy that his legs were the wrong length, or his arms or something, and and he said, you know, the thing is, we have authority over living thing, every living thing. Well. My body's a living thing. That's right. Right? Is your body a living thing? Yes. Well, it still is, right? <laughs> so, I watched this guy, set him down in a chair, legs weren't the right length. He said, you have authority over your every living thing. You have authority over your own body, right? Speak to your legs, speak to the back, and command come along to the Word of God, and guess what? The legs grow. I've kept myself healed for 40 years. 30, well, I don't know, maybe 38 years since I heard that. Mm-hmm. Have a back injury, lay down on the floor, see if my legs are the right length, and speak to my back, because it's a shift in the back. Guess what? God heals it. I get up and I get loosened up and go on. And, and uh, at my age, I'm, for all the work and abuse, uh, in pretty good shape. Amen? Yeah. Why? Because I found out that I have authority over every living thing. 
Amen? Amen. These are things that I hope you'll take home with you today. You know, you, you're, you're a pain in your head or something, speak to it. Doesn't belong there. Stay with it. You know, the anointing will go with that. It's the anointing that we, you know, it's, I don't know how to say this, but it's the anointing, you know, the Bible says that breaks the yoke, shatters the yoke. It's the anointing that causes everything to come to pass. And that's why, you know, <laughs> just giving bad time, one thing I know when I'm preaching under the anointing, the closer I can have people to me, the more that anointing is going out into I know this is true. That's right. And when I'm around somebody really anointing and they're teaching, I'm going to sit up there as close as I can to them because that anointing yeah. is breaking those yokes. That's right. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the truth. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Larry, that's why we have the Holy Spirit. Because He leads and guides us into all truth that even shows us things to come and empowers the Word. He's the power. Holy Spirit's the power behind all this. Amen. How are we doing so far? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know what? I, I won't uh, be up here a long time today, but I came to... I know the Lord sent me to impact you today with something really basic. Because it's, no, it's so basic, it's advanced to the nth degree. And if I could get more believers to understand their authority, they'd be walking in more victory. Mm-hmm. Now, what else can you have authority over? Well, just as a personal testimony, uh, you know, we have a, a, have done a lot of events up there at the, where we live in Leed, and some of you know us and know where we live, but we've done uh, events. Well, this time of the year, uh, well, starting in June, July, August, you have an event and they're like weddings, and people have spent a lot of money to come there. Not enough, you know, they should pay us more, but, uh, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, I remember the very first one we had, and it wasn't a wedding, but we booked this, we were still finishing that thing, refurbishing it, and we were scrambling to get ready for that June 7th uh, meeting with all these people coming, and they were important people, trust me, there was a lot of them. And so the lady that was coordinating it was all worried about everything. And so one of these storms was coming up from Colorado. And it was scheduled to hit our place at the right time. Well, I saw that two days ahead of time. Now, when's a good time to start expressing your faith? <laughs> ahead of time. Yeah. Yes. Right? right? I saw that storm. On, you know, we, we have all this internet. Now we can read the weather and it always right. I said, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to destroy this meeting on Friday night at whatever time it was, 5.30. You're not going to do it. Well, as soon as I did it, uh, you know, it moved it up to where it was really going to impact us. As soon as I said it. So I said, no. I said, in Jesus' name, you're not going to destroy this meeting. You will not do it. Well, anyway, I could make the story really long, but I want to tell you something. The closer it got, the closer it got, the next thing I know, that storm moved south about 30 miles. Now, I didn't mean to give somebody else a storm, but it didn't bother them. You know, the rain is good, right? <laughs> and wind. I had another time. We're, we're sitting down there. It's a real fancy wedding, which are, ours is pretty nice. The, the tables are laid out there, and the fancy tablecloths and the you know if you saw that up there in that green it's just all these tables are all set and they've got all these centerpieces it's beautiful 
Well, meanwhile, the wedding is going on behind the mansion over here in that triangle. If you know the place, you know what I'm talking about. I'm standing there with one lady, and the wind came up. I mean, it was like, bam. I just said, stop. And that woman, she about lost her teeth. Because it stopped just like that. I didn't even have to say in the name of Jesus. I can't explain that, but I mean, I'm in the authority. This is I. The people over in the wedding, they knew it happened because all of a sudden it was like all heaven opened up. <laughs> but just the authority, it stopped. I'm telling you, we're child of the, we're child of the Most High God. He's invested things in us that are here. When you get born again, spirit and you know the spirit of God lives in you, but also the authority uh, is in there; it's planted in you. Yeah. And I'm going to close with one other little story. It's it's something you want to think about because right now I'm focused. Right, God, today the things that I've shared with you are things to get your personal life going the right direction. Amen. I always used to say, you know, if there's something going on in my life, I'm one revelation away from having it taken care of. That's how I live my life. <laughs> one revelation away. Amen. Well, I, I jump into this story in uh, in Mark, the fourth chapter, and this in the. This is the end of the fourth chapter. The, the sore soweth word, all that revelation is so powerful. But at the end of it, in verse 35, they've been teaching this. Jesus has been teaching this. And then in verse 35, on the same day when evening had come, He said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took Him along in the boat as He was. And other little boats were also with Him. So there was a whole bunch of boats. When you say that, man, there's a lot of people out there on the water. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Don't you know that's a bad place? Huh? You've been in these places. You just weren't in the boat. Maybe you were in the boat. You've been in these places. The storms of life. You've been in these places. And he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. Only I don't think he said it that way. I think he said, Stop! Peace be still! And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now, the interesting thing about that, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to tell you something. That first event, that vent coordinator, because I remember that morning, she's just worried sick. I said, there won't be any storm at this mansion this evening. And every forecast in the world is making me look like a liar. I said, there won't be one here today. And I said, here's what I, else I said. I said to this storm, I said, 
You're not going to be here today and ruin our life. Now, if you want to raise starting tonight after the events are over around 10 o'clock, fine. That lady was there when the event was over. And 10 o'clock hit and it started to rain. I am serious. See, your authority's big. Your authority, what you say, that's, that's it. That's not the first time I've seen that happen. But you're not going to see it happen if you don't do it. Amen. If you don't exercise it and take some of this home with you today and and get to looking at that. But let me give you a little nugget about this story. I want to impact you with this too. So there was this storm, wasn't it? That storm was there to kill him. Might as well just say it. It was there to destroy him. You know who the source of the storm was? The evil one. Didn't want this to happen. When do storms hit you? When you don't want them the worst. You don't want them the worst, right? No, not today. This would be a terrible day for this. Uh, no, that, that storm was there. Satan meant to kill him, drown him. So what did they do? Fear. Did Jesus have any fear? No. Why? Was it because he's the Son of God? No, it was because he was disciplined. And he's there to walk, walk it out and be the word that we rely on. Mm-hmm. But here's the, another little nugget that you might take home and stuff in your little thought process. It's what happened after that. And you can read this all by yourself. They took him to the, to the, uh, the country of the Gadarenes. And of course there was a guy there that was full of demon spirits. And I mean, he, he was in bad shape. And... They got him, uh, you know, delivered. I won't read all that story. Got him all delivered, set free. So, in religious world, you hear a lot of things. Say, well, you know, it's midnight and everything will be ready in the morning, good in the morning and all that stuff. We're always thinking about, people thinking about themselves, you know, thinking about the, the, the fact that this... And I know things do pass. But the reason that storm was there and the reason they walked through it was so they could be a blessing to somebody else. God got them across there. He had, they were headed there to be a blessing to somebody else. And so often we get so festered with our own problems, and we want our faith to work, but in my life, sometimes when I'm reaching out to somebody else, it's something like it activates my own faith. Just a little nugget, not, not a guilt thing on anybody. But it's amazing how reaching out, going against those storms, it's amazing how God can do stuff for us that's beyond anything we could ask or think. Isn't that what it says? Right. Above and beyond anything we could ask or think. I want to tell you, uh, brothers and sisters, God wants to bless you. He wants to bless this whole church. I mean, He wants these people coming in here to be fed. He wants, he wants each one of us. You know, I feel part of it. We're such great friends with your pastor, Terry. What a wonderful woman of God. I mean, tell you, she's, she's loaded with stuff. I mean, it's like she's got the preparation uh, to, to help us get there. And you start exercising some of these principles. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a tool guy. You kind of got that understood. I, I like theories and I like to go into all that stuff. But I want people to hear. I want people to better use this Word of God in their life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. Stand on our feet. In Jesus' name. You know one thing I know about the Word of God? I didn't read the Great Commission. But in the Great Commission, Jesus says last words to them. He told us to go throughout the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Told to speak with other tongues. And do all these things. Uh, pick up deadly serpents and they wouldn't hurt them and all kind of things. But in verse 20 after that it says, they went about doing this and, and signs and wonders followed the word, the preaching of the Word as they went out and laid hands on people, got some boldness out, went downtown, maybe at Luton and Duel, and, and laid hands on somebody that you didn't even know needed help, or they went somewhere as they did that. God's signs followed their, their ministry. You know, just encourage you to take this idea about going across that lake through that storm, but maybe He's taking you through there to... to Bring victory into you know you get into these storms. Use the word of God and just think you're probably getting prepared to minister to somebody else in super life. Amen. And there's no greater joy. Uh, God said there's no greater joy than here my people are walking in truth. But there's no greater joy than we go out and we put something into somebody. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord.